Hey, and welcome to another episode of Control Alt Azure. This episode is sponsored by Solveto. Stay ahead of the game and advance your career with continuous learning opportunities for Azure cloud professionals. Solveto Eduhouse, learning as a lifestyle. Start your journey now. Go to eduhouse.fi slash cloudpro. I'm Tobias, and again, back with UC. What's up? Hey, Tobias. I think you know those badges and lanyards you get from conferences and, and, and events, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So so I've saved most of those from maybe the past ten years, and and I'm not sure how many I have, but it's dozens and dozens. It's like a big bag full of them. So this past weekend, I finally uncoupled the lanyards from the badges, got rid of the plasticky things, just kept the cards and the lanyards. They are colorful. Some of them are actually quite nice, and I'm now trying somehow to, to create a piece of art from the lanyards, sort of like cutting them into pieces, perhaps positioning them on a, on, a, on a nice display somehow. I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do this because my arts and craft skills were spent totally when I was a kid. So if you never hear from this again, it means I just threw them away, but I did try. And if you see something on this on social media, that means I succeeded. I, I think that it's a great idea. I don't have any of my lanyards today. Every time I come back from a conference, it goes in the bin, <laughs> which I both am happy with because less is more and I like minimalism. But it would be like it's it does have a kind of a nostalgic ring to it when you can go back 10, 15 years to conferences and say, oh, I was a speaker here in London, you know, 2010, long time ago. But I mean, just source the community, ask on social, say, hey, I've got these things who can help me create art out of it. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of creative people. So on my end, something quite different. Uh, adult life is coming back. Sounds a bit strange, maybe, but, you know, with small toddlers, it's been a lot of like non-personal time for us as parents where everything is about the kids. And now we're kind of easing back into the longer evenings together and a bit more normalized lives again. Now the smallest is two and a half. And, you know, both with the small kids combined then with the pandemic in the last couple of years made things really more difficult. You couldn't hang out with friends the same way, you couldn't have dinners the same way, stuff like that. So this means obviously that I get to have more cheese and wine evenings with the lady of the house. And we also have some more regular kind of dinners and friends coming over. So I really like that. That's a, a good and optimistic and happy part of my life right now realizing that kids, they will stay small for a short period of time, and then they kind of gradually grow, as we know. But in the moment, when you have a, a screaming kid that screams every night for half a year, it's kind of hard to see the, the light in the tunnel sometimes. But the light is now there, and we're getting a somewhat normalized life back, and I love it. Sounds super nice. I sort of know the feeling. We are mostly on the same boat now. The big boys are already quite, quite big in their teenage years and the smallest one is already five for us. So it's getting definitely easier. So this week we are talking about using Microsoft assessments to establish your cloud posture. I, I think we mentioned assessments maybe casually a couple of times. And whenever somebody tells me, hey, let's do an assessment. To me, that rings a bell from the distant past when you do those technical and sales assessments as a Microsoft partner. So it meant like do this quick questionnaire so that you at least have some proof that you know what you're talking about. But am I right, Toby, that we are not talking about those type of assessments today? 
Yeah, so so these are called Microsoft assessments, and there's a website for that on learn.microsoft.com. You can just go there, and it's going to be in the navigation, in the top navigation. You're going to find assessments, and these are more business alignment and technical assessments where you answer questions saying pretty much what's your posture is for different things. So cloud adoption security is, is a thing that we will take a look at today just to give some examples of, of what that is. And it's like quoted on the Microsoft website pretty well where it says Microsoft assessments help customers work through a scenario of questions and then recommendations that result in a curated guidance, um, which is a report that is then actionable and informative. So it does take some time, but it's time well spent. And before joining Microsoft, I did a few of these for some of our production workloads and for our teams. I know we talked about one assessment many episodes ago, which was the developer velocity, I think it was called at that time. Maybe it's still. And that is the same kind of assessment platform being used today, but it's been upgraded quite a few times since. So you ask, you get asked a couple of questions and then you answer them and you get kind of a report saying, we found a couple of gaps in your process, or we found a couple of gaps in your organizational alignment, or we found some gaps in your technical security configuration. Whatever it may be that the assessment is about, it's about telling you if you're doing things according to best practices or if there is any room for improvement. And this is a great way for kind of anyone just to dive in and say, this is how we do things with my team or my organization. And then you just get this kind of objective report saying, well, we identified X, Y, Z, and you need to kind of take a look at that if you want to follow best practices. So that's kind of assessments in a nutshell. It's a kind of self-guidance, if you will. You got you go through it yourself. You can go through it with a partner, uh, with an ISV, with a consultant. You know, If you're a consultant company and you offer services to customers, assessments is also a great way to do a workshop. You know, Spend half a day, go through the assessment, discuss the different points. Why are you doing, why are you not doing these things? Take a look at the report and then kind of see what is the outcome of that report? Uh, what are the gaps? And then is there something you can plan for future improvement with uh, the company you're working with? So that's kind of how I work with assessments in the past and I really like it. I really like this approach because these sort of modern assessments, they are more detailed, more in-depth. I feel also that some of the assessments are quite challenging in a way that if you want to be truthful when you're filling it out, you actually get value from spending time on, on doing the assessment. If it's asking you, for example, so how are you managing your security operations? If you just go, yeah, everything is handled. Well, why are you doing the assessment if everything mm -hmm. is, is, is top notch? So I, I feel you need to be brutally honest when you're doing any of these assessments. And, and when I say any, I think there's about 15 to 20 different assessments now. And, and today we're focusing on just one, the cloud adoption security review assessments. But there's plenty of others uh, on our platform, on Microsoft 365, on Azure, and so on. So if we focus on the cloud adoption security review, uh, Toby, did you have a chance to do this yourself? I have done this amongst a few other things. And before just diving into to what this is, I, I really like what you said there, that this is about being honest, right? It's not an assessment where you get a certification at the end saying, you got a score of 800 and that's great. You can go show the world. <laughs> this is an assessment you do internally with your organization and you usually don't publish this result. It's only for your internal guidance 
like how how do we need to improve what do we need to improve and how do we make ourselves better so honesty is obviously the the key portion here because if like you say if you just take yes to everything you're going to get a perfect score but you're not actually going to fix any of the actual problems that you might have so coming to this one the cloud adoption security review uh, it's a it's a really interesting one there's a couple of different areas uh, in here like business alignment access control security operations asset protection security governance innovation security and these are kind of different sections of the assessments so when you start an assessment it's going to ask you what do you want to assess and for cloud adoption security these are kind of the areas like business alignment and how do you align with the business and then you get a bunch of security related questions because this assessment is about security with your cloud adoption get some questions about the access control how you do security operations and security governance all the things we just uh, said so i think there's like 36 questions so an idea here is that we can just to kind of set context of what you get out of one of these things is let's go through some of these sections and just pick one question and review what kind of answers you can give just to set the scene a little bit of what you get from these so so do you want to take one of the the sections and just pick a question yeah sure let me let me start with the first one on business alignment so when you start doing the assessment it's browser based you do not have to log in to anywhere but obviously you can log in to to come back to the assessment later on because it's 36 questions and many of these are multiple choice questions. So this might take you an hour or two to fill this truthfully. That's why if you perhaps close the browser tab, you want to come back to this later, you need to sign into Microsoft Learn to actually capture all of the data. So business alignments, that's a total of five questions. So you have to go through five different steps and each one of those has a multi-choice checkbox so the one that i'm picking is how would you describe the business level support of security and risk management and i think there's like seven options to choose from and you choose one or more so for example an option is here for the question business owners are prepared for security risk uh, business owners are empowered to accept security risk Migration and modernization are securely accelerated. So obviously the, the answer choices are quite loaded. Like the last one, migration and modernization are securely accelerated. So it's very subjective. What is securely accelerated? Is it well done? Is it just done? Is it something we need to focus on? So again, I'm going back to being honest. If you're not sure, do not tick that box because that ensures that once you're done with the assessment, you are actually getting guidance and instructions on how to get this done or, or how to learn more about this. But if you select all of these, then it says, well, you're good with business alignment. There's nothing you can do anymore. And that's not the purpose here. So for this, I feel that if I sat down with a customer, even this first question, how would you describe? the business level support of security and risk management. This would easily take 20 minutes of debate. So how are we doing this or that? And then you need to gather the information from the people attending the workshop or perhaps ask somebody who's not participating in the meeting to, to pitch in their opinion on this one. So this is just one question from the business alignment category. Which one do you choose next? So access control is kind of the next 
area. So just gonna, I'm doing it right now. I'm clicking a random, random question here. So this one is under access control. How are you managing end user and application level authentication? Which is a very relevant question. Some of the answers, I'm not gonna go through all of them. There's, there's quite a few of them. Uh, some of the answers are all APIs require clients to authenticate, which is about like requiring your client code to authenticate with valid credentials before you can actually call the service API, which is a really good thing. Uh, another answer might be when communicating with Azure platform service, managed identities are preferred over API keys and connection strings, ergo go passwordless. Another answer is conditional access policies are implemented for users. And, and these are just some of the examples here. And and again, coming back to, to the point of this, like you said, answer truthfully. If you don't know that it's a positive answer, do not tick it. Because at the end of the assessment, you'll get a link saying, you did not reply yes, or that you did this thing. Here's a link for relevant information on how you can achieve this in your organization. And then you can take a look and then learn more. And then you might figure, oh, actually we are doing this. I just didn't understand the question. That can also happen. And if you do that, you can just retake it and review the assessment and say, let me actually adjust that question now because now we know more uh, about the context. And you can just rerun uh, that one question and get a new report so you don't have to kind of reevaluate the entire thing. So that's an access control. And there's a bunch of you know other related questions, I think five or six in that category as well. Uh, what's next? Next one is security operations. And this is, let me count. Oh, this is quite a bit. I think it's 10 questions. And each question, again, is, is quite heavy. So one example, how is security validated and how do you handle incident response when a breach happens? And it's six or seven options to choose from one or, or multiple from these. One, one uh, option is zero trust model is employed to control access to all cloud resources and workloads. So we did an episode on zero trust, I, I think late last year. and it became evident to me when we were going through that content that there's a lot of work that needs to be done in order for you to be able to say, we have zero trust enabled. And here it just asks casually, is it enabled, yes or no? So this means you, you understand plenty enough on the topics. Another option from here is that uh, penetration testing is performed to detect attack scenarios across enterprise resources. So yeah, you could say, yeah, we're doing some bits here and there, but is it consistent? Is it documented? Is it something that we actually follow up on on the results? Probably not. So you would leave that one out to gain advice and content on how do we get this done in the future. So we've gone through business alignment, access control, security operations, three more to go, asset protection. Uh, how does that seem? Yeah, um, so asset protection, again, there's maybe eight or nine questions, something like that. And um, just picking one at random here, uh, how are you managing encryption of data at rest and in transit? Something that I can relate to a lot, uh, having worked a lot with operations and, and technical architectures and, and stuff like this. Some of the examples here are only TLS 1.2 or later is used to protect communication channels, which is good. Only secure modern hashing algorithms, SHA2, are used. Data at rest is protected with encryption. Data in transit is encrypted. Uh, industry standard cryptographic algorithms are used instead of creating your own, because that unfortunately is something we see happening a lot still. 
uh, in the field. So again, one question with a lot of different answers. I think this one is a lot quicker to answer. If you're building your own applications, you kind of know the answers to this. If you're designing and, and architecting a solution, you also probably know these things because you know if you enabled uh, encryption at rest or encryption in transit, which is really SSL or TLS 1.2 or later, and at rest, usually you can tick a box in Azure saying, hey, protect this, even add double encryption or bring your customer uh, managed keys, stuff like that. So if you've been part of designing those things, or if you're the manager or in charge of the IT decisions, you probably know those things or should have the right people around you to know those things. Super important, all of these. So that's asset protection. That's just one of the one of the questions. Then we have two more. Security governance is next. Do you have anyone, any question in there? Yeah, uh, security governance only has four questions, but these are complex ones. So here's an example. Which of the following landing zone enhancements have you made to enhance security governance? And I'm quite confident that for a lot of organizations, <clears throat> if I were to sit down with them and say, what enhancements have you done to your landing zone? They would go, well, we haven't done the landing zone yet, so we haven't really done any enhancements. And there are options such as Azure policy is used to enforce and control security and organizational standards. Uh, attacker access containment is considered when making investments into security solutions. So some of these obviously are things that many organizations casually review and, and think through. And some of these do require quite a bit of debate and discussion and, and decisions. Should we do this? Should we not do this? How should we do this? And perhaps worth highlighting here that it's the assessment is 32, uh, no, sorry, sorry, 36 questions, but you do not have to fill them all. So you can just pick the categories, the areas of interest you like the most. You fill out whatever you can, and then you can, at any given time, you can click on the view guidance to get the recommendations up to that point. So you don't, you don't have to spend two days to get this completely done and then see what the recommendations are. You can just pick one area, answer to one question to get the recommendations for that question. One left, innovation security, what's in there? So innovation security, uh, there's three questions currently, and, and they're pretty pretty interesting. Um, you know, a lot about your pipelines and, and mitigating risk or managing risks for, for your code and, and DevOps processes. So one of the questions in here is, uh, have you adopted a formal secure DevOps approach to building and maintaining software, which is really like a DevSecOps process? Some of the answers in here is, like security is a shared responsibility of all teams involved in the development and delivery of software, which is really about making all roles responsible for the security of the work uh, rather than relying on a dedicated security team. So that's, you know, DevSecOps is something we often talk about. We've talked about that on this show a couple of times where shifting left is important to kind of move security earlier in the life cycle. So it's not at the end of the line before going to production or even after production, you run kind of a security assessment but you make this part of everyone's responsibility uh, from day one. Another answer is security development lifecycle or the SDL practices are applied in all projects. And that's like following well-defined practices to kind of you know, support your security assurance and compliance requirements, stuff like that. 
Another example is all the IA, IAC, which is infrastructure as code. Uh, artifacts are reviewed, scanned, and maintained in source control. So you don't do any deployment outside of source control. And whatever goes into source control is always code scanned. Uh, and you can enable code scanner if it's in .NET, if it's in Python, if it's in whatever language, there is a code scanner available. You also have scanners for containers. You have scanners for all kinds of different artifacts that you are going to deploy somewhere. Make sure that you have that enabled. So these questions are, are highly relevant for making sure that you're kind of following on a DevSecOps process. And again, each of these requires deep insights into how you operate and do things at the company. So it's not something you go in and tick, well, as a developer, I think we do all of this because we're awesome. It's something <laughs> that you need to align with the business. You need to have a lot of people involved usually to answer all of these questions. And again, be truthful when you answer them because it's not an audit report. You cannot use this as an audit report. And I think I got that question like a year ago where someone said, hey, we're, we might be externally audited. Can we run an assessment to prepare for that and hand them the report? Well, no, you can't because you answer those questions yourself. And a third-party audit is done by a third party. And they will take a look into a lot more than the assessment does. And they will find whether or not you've answered kind of truthfully to those questions if you do an audit. So I think this is like the reason I'm mentioning that is I think an assessment can be like a self audit where you kind of take the pulse of your cloud posture to see, in this case, the security for cloud adoption to see where you're at, what the gaps are. So if you are preparing for an audit in the future, if you will have a tech due diligence, if you do have uh, some kind of security audit coming in, maybe you're targeting a SOC 2 type 2 compliance achievement, maybe you want to do the ISO, whatever it is. Same thing is going to apply, right? Do self-assessments first, verify that you actually tick all the boxes, and then you do the actual audits. In this case, it's not an audit, but uh, a self-assessment, but I kind of compare them mentally. So I know that when I do this, it is with the stakeholder buy-in. It is with everyone uh, in the business alignment. They are supporting this regardless if we select yes or no uh, for any of the answers. Because again, it's not about scoring the most points. It's about getting the most accurate result. So you then can improve the things that you really need to improve on in case at some point you will have an audit or you will need to prove that you're doing these things. Really, really good insights here. And when you're done with all of the areas of interest or just the ones that, that you feel are most crucial for you and the organization, you click we have results, you get immediate results. What I like about the results is that you get a hard number. So for example, for my test assessment, I just clicked a couple of checkboxes here and there. I got a result of 17 out of 100. So that would be a critical result. It looks really bad, but at least it's telling me now that already there's plenty of things to do. And this is not the only thing, it's, it's not accessing your Azure or Microsoft 365 environment to check on any details. This is more about you assessing what sort of is the situation we have. Have you thought about landing zones? Have you thought about zero trust? Have you done this? Have you done that? And based on that, you get the results and then you can act accordingly. So Toby, what are you picking from the overall results? Uh, imagine you fill this out perhaps for your own company or with a customer, how would you work with the results that you're getting from here? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And the only answer here, it's it depends. Depends on the company, depends on the project, depends on the purpose of why you're doing this assessment. So, I mean, all of these sections are important in their own way. So it, it's not like one section is going to rule them all, because again, that depends a lot. Um, for example, the innovation security section, like I mentioned, had three questions. So there might be kind of a low hanging fruit that you can achieve fast, but does that have a higher impact for your business than figuring out your business alignment? Uh, because that was kind of the first category. And I would probably start there. For me, business alignment, super important, you know, to establish team for identity and key management functions, establishing team for data security functions, all these things. These are recommendations that you get. So I, instead of saying, where would you start? I would take a look at the kind of results that you get. So after you've done it, you get the score, like you mentioned, and you're also going to get some recommendations for what you're going to do next. So there is on the report, there is a improve your results section, and you can expand each of these kind of categories. So for business alignment, it says, I have 11 recommended actions. And it gives me kind of a checklist with links, and it tells me a priority of those things. And the priority is just kind of a preset priority for how uh, this is generally considered, uh, you know, and kind of a relevant priority in between the items, so to say. And and some of the things are what I just mentioned, establish team for identity and key management functions, uh, increase the resilience of business operations, uh, establish team for cloud security posture management functions. And these things, all of those are links. And you click one of the links and it will take you to the relevant portion of, in this case, the cloud adoption framework most of the time. And it will give you the guidance on how to achieve this and how you need to think about this. And then you can tick the checkbox next to it and it's going to, save that result in this report because when you sign in to do an assessment that is saved on your account so when you tick a box and say we now read this we have done this we tick the box you can kind of use this to walk through uh, the results that you've gotten and tick the boxes for the things that you need when you've done that you can come back and do an assessment again or you can just keep ticking boxes until you know we're done with like the immediate things we wanted to approve and, and improve on, and then you can kind of reassess those specific questions or just do the entire assessment anytime later again and see your updated score, which hopefully then should be reflected better than it was. For, for me, I'm looking at the recommended actions based on this half-heartedly filled out assessment. And for security operations, it's got a huge list of things I should do with different priorities. One of those is implement a cloud monitoring strategy because I did not check a box on, on that specific item. And that's a link to a Microsoft Learn uh, content, so Microsoft Docs essentially. And it's, it's very relevant, but this content is not made just for the assessment, but it's fitting for this recommendation. And there's a lot of stuff like you should think this, you should do that. So what I'm expecting, if I go to an enterprise, we sit down with a customer, we go through the assessment, we get maybe 50 out of 100, meaning that we get maybe 20 or 30 recommendations. Each one of those are quite massive, like implement cloud monitoring strategy. It's not something where you tick a box in Sentinel or Defender for Cloud, okay, it's done, but this is more about a sub project that we would then implement based on the findings. So there are big things and then small things 
and probably things you don't really care about, but they're at least included in here. Toby, would you say that anybody doing the assessment, especially this uh, cloud adoption security review, what would you say would be the sort of target score? Should everybody aim for 100 out of 100 or is anything less still still okay? You're, you're not going to get a, a 100 score in this. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I've never seen anyone score 100. And the reason for that is uh, coming back to being truthful. If, if you tick all the boxes, you'll get 100. Like technically, you can get 100 if you just tick all the boxes and then you're done. But through like real workshops, through customer engagements, doing this for your internal organization, there's a very small likelihood that you achieve 100 result, which is a good thing because that means you have identified the gaps that you may or may not want to address. So anything above 67 in a score is rated as excellent, which I would say is perfectly fine. There's still room for improvement. You should still kind of take a look at what which of these things can get into the pipeline for us to improve on. But if you get below 33, that's kind of critical. That means like in my test score, because I, I just randomly fill things in for this podcast, so I had something to take a look at. Uh, I didn't truthfully fill it in for any one organization. Uh, I got just below the critical line, uh, below 33, and that's not great. So that means you have a lot of things you're not doing or you're just doing wrong uh, in terms of business alignment, in terms of access control, uh, not enabling encryption, all these things that we talked about, and a lot more that we actually didn't mention as part of the different questions. So anything above 67 in a score, if we just look at the kind of horizontal 0 to 100 scale, is rated excellent. Anything below 33 is rated critical. Everything in between is rated moderate. So if you're in the moderate, you should also take a look at like what is most prioritized for us as a business and then start making plans for improving that. If you're in critical, yeah, again, you should put a priority on figuring, you know, the most important things out. If if you're at critical, you can use the kind of priorities in the answers that will be listed where it says, well, Here's a couple of critical things. This is of high priority. Take a look. But that's really it. Like there's nobody who can fix it for you or your organization. The only only one who can do it is you and your organization and your collaboration across the business. And coming back to uh, security being everyone's responsibility, right? So the more you get buy-in from the overall business across all teams, the easier it's going to be to improve that kind of score when you do the next assessment as well. So I think that's kind of the a key point for me, there is no golden standard for how many points. And it's not like if you get 80 out of 100, it's not like, well, it says excellent, we don't have to do anything. It says excellent, which is what well, you're not in a critical or kind of moderate shape. You're doing pretty well compared to, you know, the, the overall average, but doesn't mean that you should stop there. You should keep improving because this is an ever changing landscape. Security will always change. Next year, you're probably going to have a few new questions here. And the year after that, you're going to see new threats uh, emerging. You're going to have new ways to protect your data. You're going to have current ways of protecting your data that might be moved into legacy mode or be deprecated because they're no longer good enough with all the new threats coming out. So security, ever-changing landscape, it's always something happening. You should always stay on top of security. It's a continuous effort, continuous journey. So regardless of your results, keep working on it. Yeah, this is this is plenty of work, but I think it's also eye-opening because there's so many aspects through these six different areas of interest that 
I would very much recommend any organization to just go through this in an hour or two, just to sort of get the orientation in place and then sort of figure what should be tackled first, which is the most critical for us so that you can follow up on the recommendations. I think that was all we had for the assessment. Check the show notes. We'll have the link for this assessment if you want to do it. Uh, the last bit is the unexpected question. And Toby, this week I will be asking you, are you ready? All right, let's go. This April, we have the uh, the parliamentary election in Finland. So if you were to run as a candidate for your country, Sweden, what would be the main value proposition why people should vote for you? <laughs> so I'm not deeply into politics uh, at all. I I do a lot of charity. I, I do a lot of what I consider good for for others, but I've never thought about it in a political way where like if I could change the world or if I could change my country, what would I do? So I would probably say, yeah, that it's, this is a tricky question. I So I would say mandatory or not mandatory, but everyone gets four four day work weeks or everyone gets one hour, one and a half hour a free workout during your work business hours just because that's driving health and anything that drives your physical health will drive your mental health driving more of your mental health will greatly improve the society at large so i think starting there starting with yourself giving everyone the opportunity to improve on their their own health will greatly improve the country random question more random answer i'm not a politician so that's gonna probably be my answer I would I would definitely vote for you. For a moment, I thought <laughs> you would say everybody gets to listen to this Azure podcast on, on, <laughs> on work hours, but that's that's a good one as well. Alrighty, thank you for tuning in. We'll have a fresh episode for you again next week on Wednesday. All right, see you then.